Welcome, everybody, to Changing of the Hip-Hop Guards. It's me, Uncle E. That's my brother, the journalist, Sincere. And tonight we have the pleasure of having a hip-hop artist, man, that if you, if you don't remember, you're going to remember today. One that's very well respected within the hip-hop community, hip-hop culture, a member of the Gangstar Foundation early on, a gentleman who found his quotable in one of the most important magazines the source magazine we're going to talk about that as well but today we have crumb stature joining us thank you brother it's a pleasure man thank you for thank your you, time thank you for having me thank you thank you um so crumb stature if you don't mind you know like i said we're going to take it back a little bit let okay. everybody know who you are where you come from and then we'll work our way all the way up to 2022 and see what you got going on these days yes, so if sir. you don't mind just let everybody know a little bit about where you're from um, I'm from Massachusetts, but I grew up in, in various areas in Mass and in New York back and forth. So, um, but I hail out of Mass, uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, Lawrence, Worcester, Springfield. Um, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn as well. So we, you know, we shuttled back and forth. Um, but you know, when I got my start, I, I came out of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. And when you made your way to Brooklyn, teenage years about or uh, elementary, I went to elementary school out there because my, my family, my whole family's from New York. My mom is from Brooklyn and, and my whole family. So uh, when she had me, I, um, she brought me out here around uh, elementary school time. Okay. Now at that point in time, is that when, you know, is hip hop anywhere in the picture yet? Or are you playing around, you know, what's, what's going on at that time? You know what? Living in New York, because my mom used to bring me to, you know, some of her, her places she used to hang out with as a child. So, I, you know, I, I was, um, this is back when we used to wear the Billie Jean jackets. Okay. Michael Jackson uh, <laughs> yeah, jackets yeah, yeah. and everything out there in New York. So, you know, I used to wear the jackets, man. I used to be uh, breakdancing in, uh, in uh, like the bars and stuff. You know, once okay. in a while, my mom would bring me with her, you know, to hang out and stuff. So, you know, I used to ent entertain the people. So that was my introduction as far as in, into hip hop. Okay, uh, okay. So I was breaking and everything. I, I actually started off as a breaker first. Oh, then nice. And I, <laughs> I tried a DJ. The DJ wasn't working out. Then I heard UTFO and I said, forget it. I, uh, the Roxanne, Roxanne song. I was okay. Like, okay. I'm going to try to write rhymes. And that's when I started, you know, trying to write. Okay, okay. Now, so when you first started writing, was what were your some of your influence? What were you trying to sort of pattern? You know, your 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 rhyme style to. Oh man, I loved uh, rock. You know, Eric B. Rock Hem. You know, um, KRS One back when he had Boogie Down Productions. Um, I mean, it was a lot of classic people. Kwame. You know, there was different phases. Right. Uh, into Fat Boys. Um, so was many there, other artists. Was there any particular <laughs> one that you might have? You know, like. I've always heard of, uh, some artists that say, man, I used to sound like LL, or I used to sound like Shan when I first started. Was there any particular one that maybe stood out to you that, that you I found love uh, Coogee Rap and Rakim. Okay. Coogee Rap and Rakim was my favorites, man. And, you know, I, you know, they were great lyricists and everything. And, you know, even up to, like, uh, a few years later or further down, Nas, like, all, all the cats that were, like, really, like, lyrical. Mm. MCs and, and you know really held held their ground and represented hip hop. So I try to emulate or at least try to follow um, as far as what they do. So got you guys. Uh, were you in a group uh, or started out as a solo MC uh, early on? Um, I started off as a solo MC and then um, later in my career I ended up creating my own group called Wolves, hmm. and um, which is a whole bunch of different MCs from you know different parts of the country and overseas and stuff. So. 
yeah, I'm still working on these guys and getting them together. And um, we were able to to come under the Wu-Tang management umbrella. So we'll see how that works out so yeah. far. Everything okay. As a, uh, as a sub-MC, um, can you take us back to paying your dues to get your name out there? Um, when I was discovered, I started off, man, just uh, like performing. And there was a record store uh, called Playground Records in Lawrence. And I used to uh, just go in there. We used to have freestyle circles and cyphers and stuff. And we used to battle MCs who would come from Boston or they would come from New York and they would come in the record store and the DJ would throw on a beat and we would just be battling, you know, different MCs. So, you know, you know, the word got around as far as like the record store where I was at. And um, I don't know if you guys know Scientific. Yeah. From, from Lawrence area. Okay. Okay. No, so scientific. Yeah, scientific. God rest his soul, man. Uh, he brought uh, he brought the record label he was working with at that particular time through the, uh, the record store. I guess he wanted them to see me and stuff. So he ended up um, convincing them to sign me, and then he started bringing me to New York. Like he he brought me to uh, to Diamond D. He was bringing me to different producers and different people, and uh, you know he was working with uh, RZA and. You know, I guess that's how the connection with me and DJ Premier started was through Scientific. So, nice. you know, I ended up meeting Premier and, you know, from there, Premier introduced me to Guru and, you know, the rest is, you know, the gang star story. So. Go ahead, D. So, no, no. So I was just going to say, first, I want to ask you, uh, you mentioned about Wolves, yes, but sir. that's when did when did you put that together exactly? How long ago? Um, when I did the uh, the training day, I don't know if y'all seen training day with Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were allowed to see the movie first. I was in okay. there, I believe, with Nelly and uh, the St. Lunatics. I, I don't think Nelly was there, but all the St. Lunatics were there. And it was a few MCs that were on the soundtrack. Okay. So they allowed us to, we had a private screening in Manhattan in a hotel. So, you know, they told us to watch the movie, um, you know, go home and create the songs and figure out what we're going to do. So I seen the part where uh, Denzel's telling Ethan Hawke, it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Mm. So it sort of resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's how some of these uh, corrupt officers think. And what if, what if it's on the other side of the spectrum? Okay. If you had like gangbangers who were thinking about policing those who police them. Right, so right, right. Yeah, I ended up creating um, the song Wolves with MOP, Shut Out to Fame and Dance. Um, and, and it ended up, and when I, you know, after I did it, I ended up going back into mass. And then I started handpicking uh, different MCs I was liking in my neighborhood and stuff in the different areas. And I started placing them in Wolves. Actually, Terminology was a member of Wolves. Oh, where? Okay. Yeah, he, was, right. he was a member of Wolves as well. Nice, nice, nice. All okay. right, so and then so now you said that right now you guys might have something going on as far as Wu Tang management. Yeah, Wu Tang management. Um, I'm sort of on the, the Wu Tang umbrella um, yeah. with uh, with the management. So they've taken on who I bring to the table, which is Wolves. I'm trying to bring uh, okay. to them. Um, it just takes time, you know, when you have like so many different personalities and different individuals and from different areas and different flags. Right. You know, some of these brothers in Nieta, some of them are Latin kings, some blood, some crips. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a headache sometimes in a studio. So, you know, you got to get souls to drop all flags, get in here, and let's work. 
So, you know, it takes time. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, brothers argue in the studio. You know, it's, it's just part of being a group. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it takes time. So, you know, this has been an ongoing thing. We're trying to get these brothers together and, and, and really uh, produce, you know, a, a good project. We put out some mixtapes. We did a, a mixtape for Wu-Tang uh, management called Warlords. Okay. So that was one we did. And, uh, and you know, we're work, they're working on their solo careers. And, um, you know, I'm working on some of my projects. But we're already in talk of doing an ST Wolves uh, project with Terminologies Group ST okay. Wolves. So we're coming together, working on an album now. So Nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay, thank you. I just didn't want to, over, you know, overlook that whole situation. Uh, so let's go back. So now you met Premier, introduced you to the whole Gangstar Foundation and everything going on. You know, talk to us a little bit about that. What was that experience meeting Guru for the first time and uh, getting the chance to work with him? Um, well, you know, initially I was working with Premier because uh, I have to back it up to with the Premier situation. The, uh, okay. The independent label that I was working with um, brought me, they had, you know, they had talked to Premier and Premier was supposed to do a remix for one of the songs on my first album. Hmm. And I ended up getting like shot up and then uh, locked up. And uh, so Premier said, no remix, let's just wait till he comes home. So, you know, when I finally came home, they brought me through New York to D&D. And then Premier had the Closer to God beat already prepped up. Okay. I had no idea, you know, I, I wrote, cause I had just got shot up. So I just wrote some lyrics about what happened when I got shot up and everything. And he said, go inside the booth and let me see what you do to this beat. And I had already had the whole Closer to God lyrics. Okay. So I just did the whole song Closer to God in the booth. And he was like, okay, that's it. That's a go. We're going to use that. So nice. I guess Premier, uh, I guess, excuse me, I guess Guru God rest his soul had heard it. Mm-hmm. And then he heard that I was from Massachusetts as well, which is his way where he hails out. Right, right. So I guess he asked Premier to introduce me. And uh he came to one of my studio sessions. Um, I had a, a session in uh D and D in Studio A, and he came in and just started building with me. And I love that brother because he's so humble, man. He's he's such a great dude, man. And you know, and, and later down the road, I ended up being his personal artist. I signed the ill kid management, his management. Okay. And he started taking me like on tour, like overseas, everywhere. It was just me and him, you know, and the DJ and the management. Mm-hmm. And I had like the experience that I learned on on tour with him overseas and you know through America. I mean, people would give their life to learn under such a pioneer or a legend like Google. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I used to watch MTV raps as a kid <laughs> and watch him on Dwit for nice and smooth. And then I started going to D and started seeing these brothers. I mean, it, it was like a culture shock for me because I'm like, I used to run home from school yeah, yeah. on MTV Raps and to see these these brothers on MTV Raps. And now you're and sitting around. Go with them. So it was a culture shock. I couldn't believe it, you know, and he treated me, he was more like a father figure. I mean, even he even jumped off tour when I had gotten married. He mm. was on tour. He stopped his tour and came to my wedding. Wow. And then after the wedding, went back on tour. And I never forgot that. Uh, as far as Guru, uh, as far as Guru uh, is is concerned, I mean, he was a really good dude, very genuine, very humble. You know, everybody has their ups and downs as far as this industry goes. It puts you through. Of course. But that man was a great man. 
Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Wow, that's that's amazing. So when you, the first time you, you're in the studio with these guys and you're seeing them, like you said, it was a culture shock. Uh, how was it when it was time for you to like get in the booth or something in front of them? Were you a little, nervous. Were you a little uh, nervous or? Nervous. Yeah. Completely nervous. But then once you start, the blessing that I had was being able to hang out with him. He would take me to uh, to the local uh, industry parties, you know, Tuesday night. We, back then, it used to be industry night. Yeah, so he yeah, would take yeah. me and, you know, he was introducing me to Jada Kiss, uh, Rizzo. He was introducing me to a lot of people. So I started feeling a little bit more comfortable as far as uh, as an industry person. Okay. So I was, you know, I was taking my time. And I was very nervous, man, because I'm from Massachusetts. And I'm hanging around all these entertainers and celebrities. <laughs> so you get nervous. So it took me time. And like over the years, I developed into who I am. Okay. But all those experiences made me who I am today. So, you know, I, I, I probably wasn't the best MC at my top, tip top point at that time, but I caught their attention and they were willing to groom me. And all yeah. that, you know, filtered into who I am today and what I'm doing today. So. Dope, dope. Uh, if we can rewind just a little bit, was Mobsters your first time on Wax? Yeah, you know what? Uh, that was one of his first singles I had. And, and you know, and Ski did the beat, right? Ski from Rock-A-Block. Okay. The original beat was Jay-Z, Who You With. Oh, wow. Jay Block. No, I love Jay. <laughs> That's my favorite MC. But here we go. So, so I did the beat. And then, uh, you know, Ski was like, yo, Crumb, I'm sorry. Jay wants that beat. That was the original monster beat was who you with. Mm, so you know, he, I was like, okay. So he gave me something different. Um, but then I seen the beat with Jay-Z on who you with. I'm like, damn, bro. I should have had that. Jay. <laughs> they took off with that beat, man. Right, right, right. But it's so good, man. It, like, you know, being around all these people. Because I bumped into Jay-Z quite a few times. Like, I work with uh Bink Dog, that was his producer. Mm -hmm. I was working with Ski a lot. Um, then I ended up started bumping into him in, in Interscope because Steve Stout had signed me. Premier had got me a deal on Interscope. Okay. And he was the executive producer. Mm -hmm. So then I started seeing all, you know, uh, Dame and Jay and these guys in the Def Jam Polygram building, uh, in the Interscope buildings in there as well. So like all these these situations was more and more inspiring, saying maybe I might be on the right track if I'm around all these people. Mm. Even Big Guru, he was like my engineer when I was on Interscope. Okay. So you know I started yeah. learning all these people in these circles, and I've never really like had a, a major deal. So I I considered it like I might be on to something uh, good. Mm -hmm. right. uh, you dropped Mental Orgasm in '96. Um, my personal introduction to you was, uh, getting closer to God in 97 through mixed tapes. Uh, at this time, is there a bidding war for you? You know what? I'm, I'm really in the dark right now, brother. I have my own independent label, but if there's an offer, I'm considering it. But I, well, I, no, back then at 97, when, when closer to God dropped, was there a oh, bidding yeah. war? Um, not necessarily because I was on the premiere. Premier walked me right into Steve Stout in Interscope. Okay. You know, Premier was executive producer at that particular time. He was doing Biggie. He was doing Nas, uh, God rest uh, Biggie. So, yeah, he I was actually there when he was mixing 10 Crack Commandments. So, wow. you know, in between that time, he was doing Biggie, and he was working with Pawnee, introduced me to Big Pawn, God rest his soul. And uh, 
he was prepping me for the Interscope thing, but you know, it fell apart. I ended up getting re-locked up uh, for violation of parole, being around the wrong individuals, and I, I lost my Interscope deal. And that's where me and the situation with DJ Permit, it did get rocky because you know we talk now, but I sort of put him in a bad position when he vouched for me with Steve Stout and him, and then I ended up going back upstate. Right, right. So, yeah, that sort of, uh, that situation sort of created a little tension. Um, but Premier's my big brother. I always got love for him, and, 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 you know. And I'm looking forward to working with him again in the future, to be honest. Don't, don't. We didn't talk about that monumental album, Moment of Truth. What was that creative process like of getting on Make Em Pay? Man, um, actually, I was in Massachusetts, and Premier sent me to beat. I didn't. I, I didn't even uh, actually hear uh, Guru's verse at that particular time. But this, it was the time where you know the tension was going with the East Coast, West Coast between Biggie and Tupac. So, and um, and right when I, uh, I believe I was working on it, Biggie had got murdered, if I'm correct, hmm. somewhere around that time, and that's when I ended up doing that verse it was actually for what was going on between the tensions of the east coast and west coast and everything that was going on so i didn't expect to get the hip-hop quota i was in the walpole maximum security prison and then you know upstate we get the source magazine at least back then yeah, yeah. And i was like on a third tier but i kept hearing everybody shit the, the gates like yo crumb yo crumb yo crumb when premier told me i'd call premier uh collect when I, when I was upstate, and Premier was like, yo, Source Magazine is here in D&D, and you just want to quote him. So I knew, but I didn't really know until, you know, everybody started getting their magazines and their tears. It started shaking and rumbling in tears. So I was like, yo, I can't believe that I just want to hit my quota when I'm sitting here. But it was a lesson learned, you know. Right. Watch how you select your friends. Watch how you move. Watch who you're around. And, you know, and to this day, you know, I'm not a loner, but I like to keep a minimum of amount of people with different lifestyles around. Me. You know what I mean? That 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 hip hop quotable, man, at that time, that was something serious. Like, I mean, as far as like fans, right? I remember we used to pick up the magazine, look at it. And when we saw who made that quotable, um, especially if it was someone that you weren't, let's say, 100 percent familiar with. It made you say, "Well, I gotta check. I gotta see who this dude is. You right. know what I mean? Who this artist is?" Right. Um, I can imagine, like you said, you must have been going nuts in there, not being able to kind of really, and you know, celebrate, celebrate it with everybody yeah. and for me and all of that. But um, man, shout out to you though, man. That 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 Thank you, that whole that that that's like that's like getting you know for us. I was like getting a, an award almost. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, it was like the biggest thing to get, but I'm uh, sitting yeah. in maximum security prison 23 hours a day on lockdown. Right, it didn't right. really sink on me. Yeah, but I did yeah. have the magazine there, and I was like, okay, when you, as soon as you get home, bro, you better go fully in as soon as you get home. This, is, this is where your future is. Yeah, not yeah, being yeah. here. Got you, got you. So how did life change for you as soon as you were released uh, with this buzz uh, looming uh, over your head? um man it's so crazy man because um let me get the timelines right because i think when i got violated 
I ended up coming out and getting shot up and then sent back inside. So I was talking to my mother and she's, she's like, listen, stay in there and finish it. Cause they offered me to come out again. And my mother, in her wisdom, she was like, stay in there, son, finish it, get this behind you and move forward. So I decided to stay in there and wrap it up. When I came home, it was like back to square one because I lost like a $1.5 million deal with Interscope. The man mm-hmm. wasn't happy with me. So our connections wasn't there. By the grace of God, Guru picked me up. Mm-hmm. He said, come under my wing. And then Guru signed me um, on the ill kid. Okay. And then he started taking me around the world, man, with him. And I was able to, to learn. And I, so I went from prison to traveling across the globe. And, you know, I learned a lot from Guru and everything that I've learned. It, it stuck with me. I was even there when he met uh, Solar. Mm. Okay. I was there when he met Solar. You know, Solar was the manager of actually the people I introduced Guru to, um, like Jesus and AGR. Because they were like, they used to come out to Lawrence. They were cool. They were cool with us out there in Lawtown. So, you know, I ended up, you know, mutual homies. I introduced them to Guru and Solar was their manager at that particular time. Mm. So somehow like him and Solar ended up linking up and hooking up. And um and like Guru he decided to go a different way. And I ended up going into uh into a martial art program and being a an assistant instructor and a volunteer for kids for like six years. So I sort of fell off the ra- radar when he was working with Solar. I was working mm. uh, at an after school program for children. Okay. But after he passed away, I came back to the hip hop. Ah, okay, okay. So when you when you were released the last time, this is around the time where Guru and Premier was sort of really not working together. Then this is when yeah. so now now that next phase. Got you, got you. Okay, okay. Did you see? I mean, did you get to witness um, any you know the type of relationship that Solar and Guru had, or were you? completely out of the picture by then oh no no Solar used to be in the studio with us yeah um, cause, you know because guru was booking sessions for me to record so mm-hmm. Solar, you know was with uh guru um i didn't see anything bad at that particular time right 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 you know everyone was cool you know and, and i guess Solar had the beats and guru liked that particular time and he was working on his own uh solo project aside from the gangstar situation Mm. And you know, Solar was always uh, a good person with me. You know, I didn't see anything wrong. I, you know, I couldn't understand what was going on after. Right, right. Around. So you know, and I contacted Guru on Facebook to see how he was doing and everything. And you know, he was working with his project uh, with with Solar. So I don't know what went wrong or what happened. You know, in in sort of way, I feel sort of responsible for introducing him to him. But uh, right, right. I see that uh, Premier worked with Solar on getting the vocals for the Tribute Gangstar album. So I see this as a line of uh, communication open. So, you know, if Premier is not mad, there's no reason I should be mad. You know, he knows Guru a lot more longer than I have. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I really can't say anything bad about the brother, to be honest. I thought he was a good man. 
were you able to uh tour with those guys during the moment of truth uh tour? yeah okay yep. uh, can you tell us some of your favorite memories during that those times you know what i'm gonna say this now because kanye west <laughs> yeah i got you know we were on tour and we was in chicago it was the uh it was the gangstar um gangstar comments and common common was the headliner okay poetry and tyler quality the electric circus tour oh okay okay yeah yeah yeah. so we get to there's two memories i can i can remember clear one was when we got to chicago so i guess connie was doing commons beats at that particular time so you know i seen his name on a flyer i mispronounced it <laughs> so i said yo what's what's good kane he was like yo it's kanye nigga. <laughs> and i'm looking at him like this is a little dude man so i'm like yo this nigga here better chill out, dog. <laughs> Serious, man. You know what I mean? And then we ended up, no, we talked and we kicked it. And we was like, yo, you know what? Because he was like an extra and I was the hype man for Gangstar. So he was like, forget it. Let's just go into the crowd and see what we can get into. So we hung out for a little bit. But I would never imagine um, <laughs> he would be in this position that he is in now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and the, other, the other one is with Proof. Um, we was in Detroit um that brother there yeah god rest his soul as well he was wild because you know we, i was in the uh crowd by the bar you know after the concert and he was with his team and everything and he was wilding and ended up throwing his shoulder into me and everything mm -hmm. we didn't really exchange words but we left it there but then he ended up following me on the tour bus and he didn't know premier was sitting right there on the tour bus <laughs> So as soon as you come on a bus, he see Premier. He had a bulletproof vest on and everything. Wow. He see Premier, he's like, oh, Prem, 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 Prem. But then uh, like a month, I believe it was a month. I can't remember the exact time. But he ended up getting into something uh, in Detroit, I guess, and getting murdered. Mm. God rest his soul as well. I mean, there's so many brothers, man. It's becoming like a trend as far as in this age. Yeah. Uh, in this time here. Not uh, not age, but it, you know, in this particular time. But and I felt so bad, man, because I thought he was a cool dude and everything. But I learned a lesson from that night. Watch how you behave. Watch how you conduct yourself. Right. Watch who you're around. You don't know who you're around. You don't know who you're challenging. You don't know what you what you're doing at particular times, especially right. in hip hop. This is an ego saturated industry. The wrong word, the wrong disrespect, somebody will take your life for. Right. And through these experiences, I learned, you know, how to, uh, you got to take the, the lower road, man. Humble yourself. You learn more if you humble yourself rather than get upset with somebody challenging you. And right. Getting in an altercation or a situation where, you know, but these experiences I learned. So when I go on the road, I know how to conduct myself right so yeah i was gonna say at that time though everybody's young man you know yeah. young teen uh, you know late teens early 20s and and like you said full of that machismo you know what i mean it, it, awesome. yeah. sometimes you don't think at that moment man but luckily you uh you went through what you went through and were able to learn from it and you're here now so yes sir that's a blessing uh, you got a lengthy discography at this time. I'd like to highlight uh, some of your releases. Uh, just tell us a little bit uh, your best memories, official or unofficial release, just for the fans to uh, 
make note of uh snatch a season part one 1998 my first album my first experience on re learning how to record in the studio I, i've never really knew how to record in the studio i was always like just rapping you know um performing or in ciphers or entertaining folk uh ent entertaining people and um and that was my first time in a studio formally trying to record so I, it's a learning process you know you have to start somewhere it's part of the story so right. what kind of reaction did that get when it dropped I mean to this day I don't I don't even know I really don't even listen to music to be honest man at this particular point my, like my mind is on on various different things and um but I I think man overseas they say they say you know it's 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 one of the classics as far as that I put out as far okay. as hip hop you know DJ Premier is on there you know uh Ski I think Ski produced on there and there's a quite a few uh producers on there first album royal fam i was actually uh rocking with the woo before i even met gang so because uh you know timbo king and dreddy kruger shout out to them you know they were on my first project mm. and they used to you know come over to my house and chill and everything spend the night so you know i you know i started following that walk through there and then i you know by the grace of the father i ended up meeting gangstar and you know i was always the shadow man so you know nobody wants to live their whole life behind somebody else's shadow yeah yeah even though he's a pioneer and a legend you like damn i can't wait to the moment that i can be able to step out here and but guru believed in me he would have never signed me to ill kid if he did right so long-awaited snatch season part two okay that's more uh, I was going through a lot of street street stuff at that time. That was me venting that whole project. Yeah. Yeah, I was venting, man. You know, it's part of the story, is all I can say. I'm not proud of what some of these songs I've made, but I'm trying to clean this stuff up You're as right. much as I can right now. Uh respect <laughs> all fear none. That was D D. Um yeah, D D uh they asked me to do an album for them for D, D records and i mean that's a historic uh studio right so you know just to be a part of their record label and to contribute um to that legacy it was uh it was a it was definitely a privilege and they opened up all stops i mean they talked to premier um alchemist was producing on there uh, easy moby um, it was so many producers, man. I mean, they really opened the doors and had everybody come in and try to help me with this project. Let the truth be told. That's uh, one of my solo projects um, with my brother, Prenya, somebody I grew up with since eighth grade. He was uh, an investor for Edward Jones, and he had some money he, he wanted to invest. So he ended up... Um, you know throwing some money into a project and he enlisted ghostface uh we had family um pharrell's yeah. artists on yeah. star trek right. so you know we we started picking a lot of producers emil scram jones those producers and stuff i thought it was a, it was a decent project and knots all you know shout out to knots because i've been with knots since the beginning 
So when Knotts was just doing working with Buster, I'm the one that drove his studio equipment from from Lawrence all the way down to Virginia. Wow. Yeah, he had a small studio setup. Then our exchange was like, yo, you do beats for Crumb, we'll bring you a whole studio down there. <laughs> so we ended up bringing all the studio equipment and giving it to Knotts in exchange for him, you know, doing a whole bunch of beats. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know. dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knotts, you know, from there, you know, I love that brother. Yeah, I used to spend like summers down there in Virginia Beach, you know, in Virginia, hanging out with DMP and his squad. Take, they taking me to gambling spots and things like that. So right. I have fun in Virginia too, man. You know, they they showed me love when I was down there. So eleven nineteen, the rebirth. Okay, that was a mixtape. Oh, uh, okay. Square from um um the creators. And that's a group from Boston from our area. Um he ended up doing a mixtape for me. You know, it's all like um it's it's songs, it's a mixtape, but it's all original songs. Compiled. A lot of the mixtapes that I do are like they're over like original beats. They're like songs I won't put on the album, so mm -hmm. I put it on a mixtape. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see. Okay, that's another mixtape. That's what uh, with Greenland. Okay. Yeah, Greenland um, ended up doing a mixtape. They sort of revised it. The original version, they didn't want to release. I guess it was too rowdy, so they dumbed it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and the one the version that's in the stores is not the street version. You have to see, look for the street version of you of UFC. So there's two versions out there. Oh yeah, there's one that's for the stores, and then there's one <laughs> for the streets. On the streets. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be on the hunt now. Maybe I do have it somewhere. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Hidden scriptures. Okay, that's with uh, Jimmy Kang. Um, he's actually the vice president of Wu Tang Management now. So that's mm -hmm. our first time collabing. I've known Jimmy for years. Um, but that's our first time collabing on a project and, you know, um, Pete Rock is on there. There's quite a few producers on there as well. Um, yeah, but Jimmy came from uh, Wu-Tang management right now. He was the one that put that together for me and then I ended up doing that project. The resurrection of the golden wolf, 2011. That's Wu-Tang, uh, Wu-Tang management. I did that for them. It came out on chamber music. It's more a compilation of some of the songs. I was doing under their management. It wasn't like particularly crafted for an album. It was like, okay, here, let's put all these songs that I've I've, I've been doing under this Wu Tang umbrella and see how it sounds so far. Right. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I just want to ask, being you know under the Wu Tang umbrella and working with the Wu management, um, has it put you in any type of position, you know, as far as working with any of the Wu members or other Wu affiliates? um yeah I, you know like uh capadonna like i go to the uh, studio out there in new jersey okay uh, me and cap have a song hasn't came out yet um and they hang out in worcester with jimmy like inspector deck is out there now and they, they're asking me to come out there um this week okay so you know they have their own studio out there they're recording out there now so like when some of the nine born members are in the area and um, they come out there to the Worcester area because Jimmy has his own setup out there. And he just came off the Rock the Bells tour with them. Hmm. So, yeah, I just spoke to him the day before yesterday. And he okay, was, asking, okay. was out there. So, any Anything, you know, that might be coming out in the future, like let's say uh, Chrome Snatch Inspector Deck album or, you know, 
I have to get out there, brother. They waiting for me, man. I don't want to say anything without. Okay, okay. First, so well, that'll be dope, we'll be man. Back. That'll be dope. We'll be waiting oh, yeah. for it. <laughs> that'll be dope. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. After 2011, there's a lengthy hiatus as far as music goes. Uh, what was going on with Crumb Snatcher during this time? 2011, I believe. Yeah, that's when I was working with the children. Okay. okay. I had walked away from hip hop. You know, I did like five or six years. Um, you know, picking the kids up from school, uh, bringing them to the martial art uh, school, helping them with their homework, um, either assisting the uh, instructor um, or just, you know, helping them with the homework and then bringing them home. So I was doing that for like five or six years. And at the same time, training. Just, you know, I was training under a grandmaster and he was like, well, okay, if you want lessons from me, you have to do this. Mm. So, you know, I was doing that. Yeah, so I, okay. you know, for my for my lessons and everything, free lessons and, and, and what, what so have you. But I ended up retiring. I said, forget it. I didn't even want to do hip hop no more. I ended up falling in love with the children. Okay. Yeah, I was like, forget all that stuff. I actually, it was actually on Premier's website. I was like, yo, forget it. I don't even want to do hip hop no more. I spent the rest of my life with these babies. Hmm. And then, unfortunately, Guru passed away. And that's the only thing that made me come back into hip hop to try to further his name and legacy. So ah, that's dope. That's dope. When you were working with the uh you know with the kids, um was there anything that you brought to that table that you had received from hip hop culture, meaning like, you know, were there certain things that you learned throughout hip hop culture that you were able to sort of instill with the kids? Or was that just, or was it completely separate? I believe I learned more with the children, but yeah. what I brought to uh, the children, because they knew I did music. Right. I had hidden scriptures, at, I believe, at that particular time. Okay. So they knew, because I even shout out my grandmaster on the cover. If you look in the cover and the credits, you'll see um, I, I shout out my grandmaster and stuff. So when I recorded that album, I was still working with the kids and stuff. Okay. But they kept me like pure heart and clean. But I, you know, to them, I was the cool one. I was the one who did hip hop. Okay, they okay, right, right. Videos, and then come in and you know help them with their homework. You know, for gotcha. them, you know, yeah, that you know, for them that, that was cool. But for me, it was like, yo, watch your thoughts, watch what you speak. These children are watching you close. Right, right. It made me monitor my behavior more. Right. What you described takes a certain amount of discipline. Where would you contribute you getting that discipline from? Martial arts. Martial arts is, um, it's hard to explain. Um, I mean, everyone grew up having their fist fights and everything, going through a street thing, and, and you know, but the more you learn, the more you know you're capable what your capabilities are the less you want to fight and you know and mixed in with the zen teachings you know how to be centered how to watch your emotion how to stay focused like all these teachings filter in through martial arts because you know by the end of the day when you all you get all the way up to a black belt a black belt martial arts only means a white belt once you go all the way up there that black belt means you're a white belt erase all those teachings and start over now you're learning something new 
Right. You know, so yeah, it's always about being humble and learning. And the more that you learn, you're more self-confident. Okay, I can take care of myself in a bad situation. You're not going out looking for a bad situation. So, you know, you stray away from that type of lifestyle and, and sort of those things. And that was that's what sort of knocked me off the course of, of running around in the streets and, and things of that nature. Right. What what particular martial arts were you practicing? Um, I started off uh, with the Taekwondo, and then I went to um, I did a little Wing Chun, Jiu Jitsu, uh, tried Five Elements. Now I'm in Jiu Jitsu, and um, mm. well, Kaju Kembo. It was the basics I learned first, which is Tai Jitsu. And okay. since I came to Maine, I've checked into a Jitsu school. I haven't been there for a little bit, but. You know, Wu Tang's ninja. They call me the Iron Will Ninja. Yeah, better, so, you know, I gotta, I gotta stay on that floor. The real Wu, the real Wu, right here. Yeah, you know, it's because of him I started getting into that stuff. You know? Yeah, right. It's all good, man. That's dope. Man. Did, did, are you involved at all with the kids anymore, or I mean, in any aspect? I'm hoping to. I would love yeah. to. I, I want to create my own summer camp for children. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If I can like get my name somewhere where I can influence some investors, because I live in Maine right now, mm -hmm. which is nothing but nature, animals, woods, everything. We can create a summer camp for these these children in the cities. Bring them right, out right. here, experience nature, experience life, learn how to run a farm, mm -hmm. learn responsibility, and then send them back to their communities with mm -hmm. a new mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, Man, that's dope. Thank you, brother. Yeah. You about getting back into music after that uh, time off, did you find it hard getting back, that transition, uh, making music again? I still find it hard because yeah. you know, music changed. Now I'm hearing trap. I'm like, how can I figure my way in this thing here? Hmm. I don't know. How, you know, I'm old school. I'm from the 90s, man. So... You know, I try to like get in where I fit in, man. You know, not everybody's gonna love your music, as long as you have a good message behind it. You know, at least you're you're content with yourself. So, uh, what's the Judah the Prince uh, all about? Um, that that sort of happened, man, when I started doing um, the reggae project, and. Um, I ended up, you know, before I do an album, I ended up, I, I study everything. And, and actually before the reggae project, actually, because I used to study uh, at what is, at a synagogue. Hmm. I've been uh, studying Judaism for maybe like six years, going from different temples and stuff. And, you know, um, Judah the Prince is like a, a, a well-known rabbi who read acted um, the Mishnah. So, so it coded laws and so forth. And I said, that name is so dope. I, I want to use that name. So it was always in the back of my mind. Then I ended up coming to Maine, and um, the idea came up to do a reggae album. I started reading. Um, when I start a project, I like to read everything about it, everything. Because, you know, I'm trying something different. So, you know, I started reading Rastafarian books, and it brought me into Ethiopian um, Tewahedo Church. So I started studying Orthodox um, Christianity and I was like, forget it. This is what I feel comfortable at. This is where I'm going to spend the rest of my days. So, you know, I, you know, the Crumb Snatcher was Crumb Snatcher. That was cool. That's a brand, you know, as far as 
what I made it at underground hip hop. But you know, now Judah the Prince is more on a righteous, uh, righteous music, good messages. Like I just did a, a Christian album called Saint Judah. Mm. So you know, it's hip hop, but the Christian mes messages filtered all through it. I was just baptized in February, so I'm so, I'm just totally oh, okay on the go. Okay, man, you you correct you know again correct me if I'm wrong, but throughout the years you've dabbled with different studies am i correct oh yeah, yeah like i, I mean what you, islam yeah. islam then buddhism yeah 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 buddhism. yeah 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 that's it's, it's, that's cool man what what being that you've gone through these different studies you know islam buddhism you know you're talking about christianity what have you taken from each one of those elements to sort of combine one thing that's you i would i would say i mean they all acknowledge christ jesus right the master teacher the master preacher go right, right there is the blueprint on how to live your life um and and and, and it's central those teachings and it's, it's the same as tibetan buddhism but even they acknowledge Christ Jesus. Right. Because they have their own story about Jesus. Right. Now, Islam is a prayerful religion five times a day. Very good, good souls. And no matter what, you know, some media portrays certain things and certain things. Right. But I've been in Islam since my or 18, 19, since I was a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not a child, well, since, you know, late teens. Right. So I've been into different um, masters and things of that nature, and they're very sober-minded people, mm -hmm. prayerful people. And then when I went into um, Tibetan Buddhism, it's the same thing. Those those souls are um, how do you say? Compassion. Okay. Very compassionate people. Right. We talked about compassion today, right? Yes, sir. Compassion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's understanding. Like you got to understand, people are placed in life in certain environments, and they, and that's their experience. That's what the Creator put them there for that experience. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're living in that particular neighborhood at that particular time in this particular, you know, day, there's something you're supposed to learn from them. And then once you learn that, you move on to the next. So. Compassion is important because you can't judge somebody because you lived a certain way. You don't know the environment they grew up in. So switch the mind around and say, okay, let me try to understand this soul and see why maybe he's acting like this or I don't like certain things. Understand, you know, understand that's, that's what compassion means. And one of the greatest things that I've learned as far as like reading the Bible is when uh, Jesus Christ this is before he almost passed away or he moved on into, into the threshold. Mm. He, wa he washed all his, his disciples' feet. So, before, and, and, you know, and saying like, before I leave, this is the greatest teaching I can ever give you. Mm -hmm. Service others. Service others. You'll learn through servicing others. And he was their master teacher. But he lowered himself 
to the ground where he was washing their feet. That's a lesson in itself. No matter how high you think you are, it never hurts to come all the way to the bottom and service others. That's how you learn life. So with all of those, in, in even, and even within Islam, where they say Allah is the most compassionate, the most merciful. Mm, right. Compassion. It rings through all of it. Every religion, compassion. To have compassion for others, help others. Because we're all connected to each other. So, at least that's my opinion. Or what I've learned from it. Right, 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 right. Man, I can see why Guru took to you, man. <laughs> um, I can see, I mean, Guru, you know, I'm sure like many of us know, I mean, Guru, um, I think at the time we might have not realized that, but he was sort of a little older than what a lot of us thought. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. so he had, he was a very, he was a very intellectual person, excuse me, person, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially coming from his parents and, and his background. And I could see where, like you said, he kind of took you under his wing and, 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 but I could see why too. He saw something in you, man, that maybe some others didn't see, but it makes so much sense. Now, like I'm listening to you talk, you said you stepped away, you came back after Guru passed. You felt, you know what I mean? Your grandmaster, like, you know, it all connects with the person that you are. And and to me, that's so dope. Thank you, brother. That's so dope, man. And I'm glad, I I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, man, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. Um, And I think your time, you you know, your your, your camp and all of that, it's going to come, bro. Thank you, brother. It's going to come. We keep starting, keep trying. And, and I want to say, man, I'm so glad that we actually had the opportunity to do this because I've been following you for a long time, right? Thank you. Bro. And that's why I was just asking you, like, man, I've seen, like, he, he was studying this, and then all of a sudden, like, you kind of disappear, you come back, you're doing something else. And I'm like, man, what, like, you know, in my mind, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's, what, what, what's up? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what? So, it's you story. Know, it's a story. It you know, is, but, but, Again, like we said before, you know, Willis and Sia came on. That's why we love doing this. Because sometimes you don't, you you know, you kind of just see what's happening, but you don't really know. And yeah. some fans might say, like, man, what's up with Chrome? Like, you know, he's doing this one time. Another yeah. time he's coming back as this. And yeah. and it makes all sense, though, man. It's, and it's really dope. It's how really you learn, brother. You evolve. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, it's so dope, man. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, we learned a lot from you today. We appreciate the opportunity. Can you catch us up on what you have coming up and what you're currently working on? Um, I just released um, the Christian album called St. Judah. Um, I actually did it with a Brazilian producer. His name is um, Lincoln Rossi. Okay. And, you know, Brazil is one of the Roman Catholics, one of the biggest Christian countries in the world. So, you know, I thought that it was very, and it's in English and Brazil. Some of the songs are in Brazilian. So that was my contribution to the Christian world because I had just got baptized. So that was my testimony. That was my preaching the gospel, preaching the word. Yes. So now, you know, so now I'm on the, the reggae project. And, you know, I have some good producers. Shout out to Pizazz, uh 16 and, and my uh, business partner, Justice Hype. We're getting that together now, the reggae project. We actually reached out to the Marlies and Tough Gong. Oh, nice. Nice, so, nice. We're gonna see how this works nice. out. So, and then hopefully after that, I want to try a country album and then maybe a rock. <laughs> really? What's up? Country. 
That's dope, man. That's dope. I live in Maine, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get these truckers, man, to play my music out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should do a, a, a remix of um, the Jizz or Breaker Breaker one night. <laughs> right, yeah. Word up. Yeah, that's really dope. Where, where can people, you know, where can people keep up with you, first of all? And, you know, where can they go to get any uh, music that you have or have coming out now? Um, you can go to like Amazon, um, also in my uh, Mind Power ENT um, Bandcamp. Okay. That's that's my particular label. I have my own independent label. You'll see all the projects and albums on there. Um, also, check out Shinobi. That was like the uh, one I see and Shinobi are two particular projects that's under the Wu Tang umbrella that I did specifically for them. So if you're a Wu fan, uh, check out I see and crumb snatcher i see and then um shinobi because i'm about to work on shinobi too okay um for protect your neck and and, and those souls over there so and look out for the reggae album man we're gonna have some surprises on this reggae album so yeah 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 okay. and what about what's the best way to keep up with you on social media you know instagram twitter what, what are you working um, on uh, at crumb snatcher seven and um my Facebook, personal Facebook is Demetrius Lamont Monk. If you want to get a hold of me personally, um, hit me on Facebook. I'll, I'll answer everyone. So it doesn't matter. Dope, dope, dope. Now, any other avenues you're exploring outside of music? Man, um, like I said, I'm just trying to get this name up to where I can get it. I want to like open a summer camp for kids and um, so, build a church. I want to build an Ethiopian uh, church that teaches Ethiopian Toledo teaching. So. It's a long journey because I believe Ethiopian Christianity, man, is really healthy and good for our people here on this land. You know, the teaching, the teachings there is very powerful because, you know, they were some of the first disciples of Christ. Right. They walk with him. They were there. Right, 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 right. So right. it goes all the way there. Right. And let's do, before we go to talk a little bit about my power, I know you sent me that link. I got you on that. Uh, but what's going you know you got some merch on there t-shirts hats oh yeah and we just started a yoga line called dharma time so we, oh. for, the, for the ladies we uh next spring we have some like stretch pants we have some yoga gear for the ladies uh mind power we have the sweaters uh we have all type of stuff it's on our uh, mind power um ent my power ent okay if i'm correct and also uh let me see the clothing line should be under uh I might be wrong. A uh, big cartel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. My power ENT big cartel. That's the clothing line there. Dope. My power big cartel. Yeah, that's right. So everybody make sure to check that out. Mindpower.bigcartel.com. Yeah. Support. Buy something, man. It's going to a good cause. And I got you too, man. I, I didn't, I didn't, I saw that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I got you. Man. Thank you, bro. Sure, for sure. Yeah, like I said, we want to appreciate you for sharing your journey today. Thank you for everything you've done for the culture, everything you continue to doing. You're doing a lot of great things. This has been a very inspiring interview. Yes, sir. And definitely. Thank you. I'll let E. And uh, hey, you keep talking. seeing them sincere. What's that? Sincere? Is that that's what it is? Yes, sir. You you seen everyone sins, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. And so you don't sin, no, brother. Oh no! Yeah. Absolutely not. All right, <laughs> <In> the righteous <laughs> path. <laughs> <laughs>
man, yeah, nah, nah. It's like, uh, once again, Crumb Snatcher, man, on behalf of Changing Other Hip Hop Guards, you know, myself, the General Sincere, and everybody out there in the commu- hip hop community, not even just hip hop, man, just everybody out there trying to do the right thing and trying to live a righteous way. Uh, we thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you for everything you've done, everything you're doing, and hopefully everything you will continue to do. Like I said, we're wishing you all the best with with the project that you would like to put out there. Um, you know, let us know too, man. Stay in touch with us. Let us yes. know because you know anything you got going on, we'll gladly push it out there for you as well. Um, once again, man, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Very, very inspiring. Like, like Sincere said, very inspiring. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me, man. And and, and bless up, man. And, and thank you for having me on on the show. It's good nah, questions. Man, it's it's great. Thank you. Thank you. All right.